0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.
1: It's time for a one of a kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to pokernight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party.
0: Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another edition of the Betting Weekly podcast, part of the Bet Rivers Network with me, your host, Harry Simiu, the brilliant Daniele Fisichella. And of course, Ruri Barlow joins us as well. Guys, we're going to get uh, into all the picks. We're going to talk about the upcoming Nations League action. But first of all, guys, uh, starting with you, Daniele, how are
2: you? I'm all right, very well, very good weekend in Italy, uh, you know, up to the break, great game, finished with Napoli, uh, Milan, we watched, Juventus lost, Inter lost, so a few shocking results, but yeah, all really good, bets going good in terms of picks, so yeah, fired up for the Nations League round as well.
0: Brilliant stuff. Uh, also joining us, Ruri, how are you, mate? How were things in uh, yeah. La Liga this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty well. It was uh, pretty chaotic in La Liga. We had the Madrid derby, which was obviously the the high point and uh, it all got a bit hysterical. There's some uh, uh, unfortunate scenes, to say the least, but, um, but it was a good game as well. And uh, yeah, there was some uh, really entertaining fixtures. So I uh, can't complain when there's good football on the TV. Absolutely. Uh, there's nothing better, is there, than spending your weekend
0: kicking back, watching the football. And if you cash in winners as well. Then uh, what more do you want? Uh, Daniele, let's uh, let's dive into these uh, UEFA Nations League picks then. Uh, plenty of action to come. International break, which means that the domestic leagues take a pause and we turn our attention to international football. And this is the last international break, if I'm not mistaken, before, of course, the World Cup, which takes place in November. So, Daniele, we'll come to you first. And I believe uh, the first game on your list involves Belgium and Wales. Talk to us a little bit about this one.
2: First day game, Belgium, uh, Wales. Uh, my pick here starts with that is a half-time, full-time win for Belgium. So, Belgium to be winning at 40, 45 minutes and 90 minutes, which pays minus under them five. Uh, well, you might wonder why, because the last two games between these two finished 2-2, but they were in very different circumstances. One was a World Cup qualifier where Belgium had already sealed their place in uh, Qatar. Um, Belgium are stronger than Wales. You know, if you would have asked me a few years ago uh, who was the stronger Team. Yeah, have said, yeah, Belgium b- miles ahead than Wales. But recently, perhaps the distance between these two teams has shortened a bit because L- Belgium had lost a little bit of spark, the so called golden generation hasn't delivered the results haven't come this way especially in big matches they have not delivered but normally when they play at home these sort of games they are reliable Um, they're without Lukaku they're without Origi up front will be Mertens and Bashuai but this is a chance for some of the players like Hazard for example to claim the place in the World Cup the Bruin is in great form the defense maybe that's where the doubts are you know with bertong and alderville which i don't think they are at the level they used to be but they got other uh, players coming on maybe castagne was not having a great season with, Le- with leicester could be one of the center backs overall i think is a good strong outfit who should try to win this game in order then to play a winner takes it all with the Netherlands in the last game of the uh, group? And when it comes to Wales, um, I think often we say Wales. Uh, uh, if you put, if you look at the team at the roster, is a championship team, is a League One team because that's what most of the players play. I, I don't buy into that because when they come together, the cohesiveness, the, the team spirit, is something else. You know, they really perform. But for this game, they are affected by a few injuries. They might be without Garrett Bale, who plays tonight on Monday in the MLS. Then flies back to uh, to Europe, so they might not risk him really if he only lands on Tuesday. Considering there is a World Cup around the corner, and by the way. Bale only started one game in nine in the MLS, so he hasn't had really that great impact there. They're also without Davis, who's having a good season at Tottenham, Joe Allen, Ramsey. Uh, so they need to help. They need at least a couple of win to wins, Wales, to not go down in League B, which I think in the end they will do. Uh, they only won four of the last 11, uh, Wales. They were not helped by the fixtures because they played two Nations League games in between the World Cup uh, qualifier final against Ukraine, which they negotiated well. So, in the end, the two defeats were two reserves teams that they played. But uh, they left their eyes on the World Cup here. I and, mean, you know, a lot of absentees. I think Belgium favorites, even if they scrape it, I think it's going to be a home win. So, half time, full time, Belgium, minus 105.
0: Brilliant stuff. Uh, Ruri, let's come to you for the next one, mate. Uh, Let's go to the game between Turkey and Luxembourg. Should be a routine win
1: for Turkey, at least on paper. It really should be. Um, The one thing that I found that was quite interesting during my research was the fact that Luxembourg are no longer the pushovers that we sort of tend to think of them as, quite to the same degree, at least in their last kind of five games. Um, they've not conceded more than two. And uh, you have to go back to Northern Ireland was the last time they conceded three. And that was kind of back in March. So, yeah, there is sort of a defensive solidity. I think Luxembourg have very much developed into a side that are capable of being organized, of making another side break them down. On the flip side, I do fancy Turkey here. I've, I've got them at over 3.5 goals to win at plus 2.15. And I think, I don't know if you remember before kind of the Euros that everyone had Turkey as this kind of like Dark, Dark Horse that was yeah. going to come and cause trouble and, and upset a few uh, sort of big names. Never quite happened, but they did have. Well, they still met have... Italy, didn't they, in the opening game? Yeah. absolutely
0: yeah. pummeled.
1: I'm, I'm sure Daniel uh, remembers that pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this was a Turkey side that didn't quite deliver on the promises there, but I think it still has those young pieces that people were talking about. Their last five matches, they've scored 16 goals. So they're averaging kind of just over three a game against the Luxembourg side. This is in Turkey. I should preface this with the fact that their last meeting was 2-0 to Turkey in Luxembourg. But I think that home advantage will give them a bit more. I think the game that they had that finished 2-0, that was kind of in that weird June period during the Nations League where teams were tired. It was the end of the season. And I think... Everyone, included the teams, just kind of wanted to get through those fixtures. So that's kind of why I fancied Turkey to, to sort of be a bit better in this match. And I think, yeah, they should have too much for Luxembourg. It will just be a matter of how many, to be honest.
2: I, I, li- I like it, by the way. I think the catch is that uh, Turkey are the highest-scoring team in the Nations League. They score fourteen, of course. They play in League C. They were relegated. They're already qualified, though, so maybe you know it doesn't really matter for them. But I agree with them. They're they too good. Uh, I think for to 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 win us. And you know, if you look at the stats, I think it's also the team that's got more shots on target and most attacks in the UEFA Nations League. So yeah, I really like that one.
0: Brilliant stuff. Uh, let's come back to you, Daniele. Uh, your beloved Italy, take yeah. on England. That's uh, a on tough Friday one. night. Yeah, look. Where is it? There we go.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. There we at go. There we go. At least it's two of us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Go ahead, mate. What's your thoughts on this one?
2: Look. Uh... I don't know why, weirdly, the odds are very similar for Italy and England to win this one. But I think England, on paper, a man for man, at the moment, they're a stronger team than Italy. I know that it was a Neil, Neil and Molyneux in June. It was a drab affair. They both, you know, really didn't seem to be bothered but I'm going to go for an Asian Handicap zero for England here which pays minus 105 and if you think about it if you compare where these two teams are well by the way one is in the World Cup one is not But also man for man as I said if you look also at the the players that being called I think it should be a no-brainer I don't think England's gonna lose this one Southgate is under pressure Mancini is under pressure but less under pressure really to not lose this one so i think this counts as well and you know since mancini started the so-called rebuild two wins two draws two losses only one clean sheet by the way which was that nil nil against england and also i don't know he's still making a lot of experiments he has left a home for these two games a lot of good players zaniolo spinazziola Calabria and he explained that that these players are already playing a lot so I want to try someone else someone new so you can see the likes of Mazzocchi who plays for Salernitana is a complete debutant mm. you still see Zerbin from Napoli only one one appearances of Cancellieri so from Lazio so we still got a lot of new faces and also there is a problem with the injuries because where is the where is the only department that I think Italy could have gone toe-to-toe with England and we saw it in the Euro final is a midfield but unfortunately for Italy, there is no Verratti this time. There might be uh, no Pellegrini. So probably only Giorginio and Barella of the three who started the final is gonna start. Tonali is out as well. So again, out of a sudden they look a little bit weak and a little bit shorter. And then there is a big problem. Who's gonna score the goals? Immobile is back. Brilliant start of the season, by the way, in Italy. That he does what he always does, but the international stage with Italy, with the fourth 3 of Mancini, he never quite find the right tune. Scamacca, well, he's good on a Thursday night for the, for West Ham, but can he do it at the international level? I don't know. Can he do but, it on a Friday?
0: That's the big. Can question. he do it on a
2: Friday? It's a little <laughs> bit different stage. You know, in in those national league games when he started, I think he was a little bit underwhelming. I, I trust him. He's not quite there yet, maybe and, you know, Raspadori, okay, a good sub for Napoli, but you ha- we haven't got the big striker there to really hurt England, who's, uh, who's organized, if anything. You know, how many games do England normally lose? Not many. June, maybe, let's take it with a pinch of salt. They didn't look very bothered, to be fair. And um, Mancini admitted we have still have a big problem in attack, but it could be a competitive game. You know, England, Italy still had a is, is the oldest of the unbeaten, the longest unbeaten streak, 37 games, more than three years without losing, and then before everything collapsed, in those uh, in those playoff against uh, North uh, Macedonia. Um, yeah, I mean I can't see England failing really to win. Could be a low-scoring game, but I don't think it's, it's a one that England. This time doesn't lose also because they might face relegation. So they need they need a kick on, really. And there are a few play, players that want to claim the spot in in the World Cup, which unfortunately mm. Italy are going to watch on the TV. So England, uh, Asian handicap zero minus 105.
0: Brilliant Hi. stuff. Uh, Ruri, let's come back to you, mate. Poland versus the Netherlands. On paper, at least a very competitive clash.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I think the Netherlands for me are maybe the most entertaining side in international football. They seem to not subscribe to the rules of being defensively solid and organised. It's just about trying to win games. So I've gone both teams to score in this one over two point five goals. That gets you plus one one seven. And just looking at the stats, I do have to I do like it. I mean, it would have come in five of the six uh, last games that the Netherlands have played. They would have. Uh, uh, got you your money back. There, they've kind of got arrested. Frankie de Jong and Memphis Depay coming back to them, who are playing at Barcelona from time to time. But they're two key, key players for the Netherlands, and I think they're much more comfortable when they come back to the national setup under Van Gaal. They're important. They they kind of feel the love of the of their kind of home crowd, and so I think those two will will be sort of back in their groove and feeling very much more comfortable than they are in Barcelona. Their last meeting finished two two. This is a Poland side that 22 of their last 23 games, I think they didn't score in their last game, but 22 of their last 23 they've scored in. You've got Lewandowski, insane form, 11 goals in kind of uh, eight, nine games for Barcelona. And so I look at this Netherlands side that is bold, that that's pretty daring. This isn't a game that means too much to them, I, I don't think. So I think it'll be a fairly open game and Poland at home will obviously have the onus on them to sort of go out and attack a little bit more. And so... You get two teams that want to attack each other that are stronger up front than they are at the back. And that's that's a game I like. So yeah, plus one one seven, both teams to score and over two point five goals is, is what I like in this match. Anything to add on that one, Daniela? You you're nodding. Oh, for-
2: no, I'm, I totally agree. I totally agree, because I think they both can score. And, if you know, we all praise a lot to Netherlands for how good they are going forward. You know, there's a strong Ajax block, up to eight, eight players, they called. Uh, but, you know, there are other players as well. Gakpo, Miners. they're having a good season uh, domestically. If there is one issue maybe with the Netherlands, is that they are susceptible to mistakes as well. No clean sheets in the last six. And if you look at the form of Van Dijk, De Ligt, De Vrij, all the three centre defenders, they're not having a great season either, for different reasons domestically, so that could be a problem there if they carry on the form and we know how much the Netherlands like to attack, especially with the full so they might leave them a little bit exposed. On the contrary, a lot of Polish players, including Lewandowski, but most of the players that play in Italy are having a good season. Zielinski, Milik, Piontek, you know, these are very solid and experienced players, going for all, I will say. But yeah, I think there could be goals in the car, so i definitely buy the both to score Even the over 0.25, I think, is a good one.
0: Brilliant stuff. Uh, Let's uh, come back to you, Daniele. I'm going to park the Spain-Switzerland game so that we can get Ruri's thoughts on Spain as well, uh, being someone who covers Spanish football very, very closely. Let's go to Slovenia versus Norway.
2: Well, Slovenia versus Norway, I think, is a straightforward Norway win, which pays minus 109 why because they got the best striker in the world at the moment <laughs> who's uh, Erling Haaland you know uh, 14 goals in the first uh, 12 games i've lost count Okay, he hasn't got Kevin De Bruyne in Norway to pass him the ball neither uh, the other Manchester City players, but Norway are still a very good competitive side. In the World Cup qualifiers, they went toe-to-toe with the Netherlands up to when the Netherlands changed the manager and got Van Gaal and they went toe-to-toe with, 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 uh, with Turkey in the group as well. So they were actually causing them uh, some uh, problems. Holland, five goals in four games in the Nations League. They need a win here, and then they host Serbia in the last game, and they're and they're gonna win the group, which is gonna means a lot to them because if they do win the group, that means they are in the playoff for the next Euros. So they secure the route into the playoff, and the World Cup and the qualifiers becomes almost meaningless for them. So it's a brilliant result for a footballing nations that we haven't seen on the biggest stage for very very long. Last meeting was nil nil in June, but again it was a bit weird. Uh, but you know, Norway only lost one of the last five against Slovenia overall, Slovenia no wins in six, Norway no defeats in six overall so you know, there is a lot of motivation here for Norway to go away maybe win it, maybe it could, it could it might not be a high scoring game, you know the partnership front is going to be Haaland and Sorloth, plays in Spain yeah, Norway win, minus 109 I think you 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 could trust Holland to do the job as well at international level I think
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, Rui, let's come back to you. Uh, France take on Austria. Uh, What are your thoughts around this one?
1: Yeah, I like France to beat Austria in this one. I like it to be over 1.5 goals as well. It's minus 165, so it's not a stunning price, but I think it's quite likely to happen. And I'll kind of explain why Austria, their first game under Ralph Rangnick, who uh, I think people in England are a lot more familiar with after his time at Manchester United and around the world for that matter, They beat Croatia 3-0, but since then it's been a bit hit or miss, and that tends to be the pattern with Rania right now. And so, two defeats against Denmark, and I think Denmark are a very good side and a very neat side compared to the Station side, which it fails to inspire me, but I look at this and I look at a home side that is yet to win in this group. So they do have a point to prove. They do have something in them. I look at the players they've got. So they've got Mbappe obviously, but Antoine Griezmann is going to be fresh. He's not been playing for Atletico Madrid. Ousmane Dembélé is in the form of his life at Barcelona. So you've got players coming into the side that have points to prove. Chouameni as well for Real Madrid. He's been absolutely excellent. So, so yeah, I look at this France side that has a point to prove. They're going to be at home. Their last match, again, that was one they failed to score in, but that was their first that they failed to score in in their last 25 games. So, so yeah, this is a France side that generally does score, and if they do score at home, I expect Austria to concede another because if they have to come out, Rangnick likes to press, there's going to be gaps in behind, and, and France have just so much pace to exploit that. So the last meeting between these two, it was 1-1. Austria went ahead through Andre Weiman, and then Mbappe kind of equalised late on, but I can't see this being the same kind of narrative or story happening at in Paris, and so... So, yeah, I think this Deschamps side that isn't quite clicking, it still has a lot of work to do. This will be one where they just have too much and so close to the World Cup, I think these players will be focused enough. We know that France quite enjoy a distraction at times in the national team but uh, but yeah I think this one will be okay there's no Paul Pogba there so there'll be no um, controversy over that but uh, (laughs) but yeah I like France France to win this one over 1.5 minus 165 that gets you in terms of the odds and uh, yeah I quite like Deschamps to pull through for me on this one
2: yeah, I like it too. I think France will probably win it, but I would look more maybe at the Asian handicap for Austria. I think it pays quite well if you put like five, plus, plus one seventy five. because I think they're going to win it, France, but I'm not sure they're going to batter Austria. I think, as you said, Rory, it's a low-scoring team, France, especially without Benzema, without Coman, without Kante, without Lucas Hernandez, without Rabio. There's a lot of experience missing there, and there's a lot of young players coming through, but perhaps it's a bit too much at the moment. I don't know yeah of course uh, better teams man for man Austria they could cause them problem I think uh, they only scoring seven seven out, seven out of the last eight uh, and they got a very informed Arnautovic that is scoring six out of seven as well what I would like to see with Austria is just not playing the counter-attack as they did in the first few games with Ranik let's see if they actually can produce a little bit more propositive football, and that could make it into an interesting game. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, it could be a high-scoring game. It could be a France win, but I think Austria going to give them some 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 food for thought. I think.
1: And, and for that matter, Austria have very little to lose in this match, so it's kind of a I hit really to good. nothing, which I think makes for more offensive football um, in the sense. And so, yeah, I do. I do like the goals to be at least two, um, regardless of the result, even.
0: Brilliant. Uh, let's come on to the uh, final game then. Uh, Daniele's gone for Spain against Switzerland. So we'll get Daniele's thoughts and then we'll get Ruri's thoughts on Spain as well, uh, being someone who, as I said earlier, covers the league very, very closely. Uh, Daniele, go for it, mate.
2: Under 2.5 goals, minus 125. Uh, it is true that Spain always scored in the last 10 games. They only lost one game, but only in one occasion... In the last 10 games, they scored more than two, and that was a 5-0 against Iceland. In four games, they only scored one goal... And they still have some doubt with injuries. You know, they miss Oyarzabal, which I think it could have been a very good outlet for them. So it's going to be Morata up front. And Morata, we know, is a little bit hit and miss. He goes through spells. If he's very good, he keeps scoring. If he has a a dry patch, then he doesn't score for many, uh, many games. But, you know, Spain are very good at keeping possession, at slowing the game down. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see Spain with a lot of the ball here, not necessarily converting all the chances they created. And the reverse fixtures, it was 1-0, very scrappy for Spain. Actually, I think the people in Spain, really you, you probably know this better than me. They were really critic after the 1-0 win in Switzerland of Luis Enrique and how they approached. And... Uh, Switzerland, you know you know what you get with them with the Swiss. They are tough to beat. They work really hard. Uh, you know, they're going to be physical. They're going to they're going to press you. But it is a team that, again, against the top teams, sometimes they don't quite uh, deliver. You know, against Portugal in the Nations League was only the first win in the last six, but, you know, we Italians know at our expenses how well they did in the World Cup uh, qualifiers, especially against teams that they should have been uh, bidding. Look, um... If you look at the Swiss, they got pace up front. This is something that could worry Spain. They got Mbolo, they got Okafor. They are in good form domestically and the European competition. But overall, as a team, Switzerland is the same old, same old, especially in defence, midfield. Shaka still hanging on there. Uh, and then he goes, Shakiri, still in the team as well. So he who's gonna create that bit of spark, that bit of marking is still the old Shakiri, if you like. You know, good test for Spain. Um under, I think under under 2.5 goals here, uh, low-scoring game. Yeah, it could be it could be a scrappy win for, for Spain, minus under 25, as I said.
0: Rury, what are your thoughts on Spain? First of all, do you agree with sort of how Daniele is approaching this one? And and can you kind of give us some some context around where the Spanish side are at at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of logic to, to where Daniele's going with this and uh, incidentally it's actually at the uh, game where Jorginho skied the penalty against Switzerland oh, wow. um, oh, wow. <laughs> to put Italy essentially at the World Cup and so yeah, I, I watched that game and I watched Sicari I'd be very good against the Italian midfield, I watched Okafor cause a lot of problems um, in behind for Italy and those are two players that I, I like that you've kind of highlighted them because I think they're players that will also give Spain issues. It's important to remember that because of that Portugal game, I think if Luis Enrique does want to sort of experiment a bit, if he wants to try out new players, one of them will likely be Nico Williams of Athletic Club. He's got his first call-up. So I think if he wants to experiment, this is the game that he'll use. Switzerland, as you say, they are no mugs. They're going to really sort of make this difficult for Spain. I think they're almost the opposite of the kind of side that Spain want to play a a team that's comfortable on the counter-attack, a team that will sit in more. And this is a Spain side that are very good, and they're very good at what they do. But if you remember clearly, it's kind of the Euros, which was the most clear expression of this Luis Enrique Spain that we've seen. That was It was teams that wanted to play against them, that wanted to possess the ball themselves. They were the teams against which Spain did best. Yeah. The teams that sat deep, countered them, gave Spain a lot of trouble. I remember the Sweden game in particular, they just couldn't break them down. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is a Luis Enrique side that will be experimenting. Murata's not in great form. There's, there's questions about who's going to be starting up front. Pablo Sarabia has been very good for them lately, but he's probably going to be one of them as well. And he's not had that many minutes for PSG. So, yeah, as you say, this is a Spain side that has question marks about it. I think they'll be OK in the World Cup. But in the Nations League, I think it can be pretty hit or miss for them. So good stuff.
0: Good stuff. Uh, that's all the picks then. So we've got. A total of uh, seven picks between the two guys, uh, which, of course, you can go back, rewind and, and listen to uh, the context around if you're interested in taking some of those on. Uh, be sure to follow both the guys on social media. Their handles will be in the description. Make sure you're subscribed to the Bet Rivers network. And if you're listening to this on podcast format, make sure you leave us a review. We'll be back uh, very soon with some more Nations League chat in the coming days. During the international break, where the attention shifts from club football to international football. Thanks to Daniele. Thanks to Ruri. We'll be back soon. Until next time, take care.
2: Ciao. Thanks for
0: listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.